and Cowboys is brought to you by Remarkably Remote, a new daily microcast from the experts at GoToMeeting, all about making work from home work for you. With indispensable intel on how to stay sane, motivated, and productive at home, we're here to help you in this brave new remote working world. Find us on smart speakers or subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. You can also listen at gotomeeting.com slash tips. That's gotomeeting.com slash tips. In a recent article in The Athletic, multiple NFL executives suggested that Dallas overpaid. One executive said it comes back down to how many guys are really difference makers. That is who you pay the top of the market to. I'm sorry. Amari Cooper helps, but he does not tilt the field. He has not shown up consistently. What do you think, Rex Ryan? To me, this is the biggest disappearing act in the National Football League. He doesn't show up on the road. He doesn't show up against, when the competition's good, when he's against the top corners, that guy disappears. And to me, he reminds me, it's only one time that I can remember in, 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 uh, in recent memory on elite receivers and disappearing acts like Amari Cooper. That was the kid that the Raiders had uh, a few years ago. Oh, that's right. That was Amari Cooper. This is who he is. And, Dan, he doesn't love football. Hell with it. He stops his routes. He does all this. I wouldn't have paid this turd. No way in hell. No way in hell would I have paid this guy. To me, you pay Dak Prescott. Forget all those numbers. That you know They're number one in the league because of Dak Prescott, not because of this guy. It's a deep draft at receiver. They made a huge mistake right here. Here's what I like about that. Whether I agree with it or I don't, and <clears throat> frankly, I don't, but at least Rex Ryan is saying it, he's putting his face to it, and he's putting his name to it. The only thing else I got to say is, how about them Cowboys? Yeah! How about them Cowboys indeed? It is yet another edition of About Them Cowboys here on The Athletic, your go-to podcast for everything currently going on with America's team, from the people who will surely tell it like it is and hold nothing back. I'm Kent Garrison, your 24-7 producer here behind the scenes, and excited to welcome our panel in for another uncensored conversation about the current state of the Dallas Cowboys. And remember, you can follow along with all of our award-winning NFL offseason coverage and draft coverage at The Athletic by becoming a member of our athletic community. You can secure that subscription good through April of 2021 now at theathletic.com slash aboutthemcowboys. You get 40% off at that link. That rounds out to a little less than $3 a month. So, again, give up those skinny vanilla lattes, kick them to the curb, and get on The Athletic for the next year. You will not regret it. And also, Dane Brugler's NFL Draft Guide, The Beast for 2020, is available now. It's dropped, and you get that at no extra charge if you become a member of The Athletic. So, do that. Head on over to the Prospects of Pros podcast, too. Dane Brugler, Chris Burke, and most recently, Kevin K.T. Turner were on that podcast breaking down the draft so if the nfl draft interests you and you want more of that from our experts here at the athletic the prospects the pros podcast is your place for that so again that discount code is found at theathletic.com slash about them cowboys but now it's time to welcome in our panel for this episode first welcoming back to the show again he's the beat writer of every local team here in dallas which means basically he's been out of work for the past two months or so uh, he is also fresh off an audition to be an XFL mascot. It's Saad Youssef. Hey, Saad. What's up, man? The XFL mascot gig is one that I'm definitely going for and uh, and hoping that I can get at some point down the road. I really enjoyed your long-form piece on on uh, what it takes to be an XFL mascot. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, 
you, you like to go behind the scenes, go undercover with these things, try out for teams, things like that. Uh, any chance you could try out to be a, a Dallas Stars player? Maybe I'd like to see you put some skates on and get out there and training camp and see, you know, try to take on Tyler Sagan slap shot or something like that. Is there a, ch- a chance Ooh, of no that? No way. No way. I, no. I cannot skate like that. <laughs> oh, man. Well, maybe we'll put you at goalie and you just stand there and take the slap exactly. shots. How about that? Oh, man. Well, we're also welcoming back to the show somebody who, when he's not covering the Cowboys, he's still covering the Cowboys. He's our local Mr. Tiger, hailing all the way from the 8 Mile. It's Father John Mishota. Howdy, John. How have you been spending your time lately? Oh, geez. I got this really nice. Yeah, I got this really nice puzzle going on here. Uh, Mm. I don't think I've done a puzzle in the last, uh, I don't know, 15 years or probably even more in my life, 20 maybe 25. And I was like, Oh, a thousand pieces. I'll knock this out real quick. And, uh, yeah, it's not, uh, it's not going as smoothly as I thought. So, uh, yeah. Is it that Florida state one? It's a, yeah, it's a panoramic of uh, Florida state's field. And, uh, um, yeah, like the field was easy to put together and and even the (laughs) background, but, uh, once you get in the, yeah, the crowd is (laughs) tough, man. It's really tough. It could be on either side of the field and, uh, I'm getting a little frustrated over here. I've, I've seen a, uh, puzzle online that's like all white and it's a thousand pieces and so you can't use like visual cues you know where you'd be like oh okay i'm looking for a red against a red and so <laughs> oh, it's just all God. white <laughs> it's like that's torturous it's i don't know if that could be considered fun by anybody but i'm sure somebody gets a kick out of that but nothing nothing more fun than a, a puzzle and doing a puzzle solo i mean that is you're just you're, you're a party animal these days, John. You need to settle down and chill out <laughs> during this quarantine. Staying and, safe here. Yeah, exactly. And back by overwhelmingly popular demand, he's here to host things. It's Kevin KT Turner. KT, I got a question for you as we kick things off here. So tell me, now that Jerry went out and got a defensive end who hasn't played in quite some time, do you think he's all done with free agency? Uh, okay. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, that's almost like up there with Updog. This is pretty good. Um, I don't know. Do you uh, – I, I guess I should ask John that question because you know, my vibes are they've done everything that they wanted to do in free agency in terms of fill as many holes as possible, and then they like to go draft, right? That's what they like to do. They've got a comp pick and all that stuff. So what are your thoughts there, John? Do you think they've got any more uh, – Got any more fish in the sea that they might have their eyes on? Maybe a maybe a clownfish, a clowny <laughs> fish. I think the price would have to come down still a lot more than uh, it has for the Jay Devian fish. So uh, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna say I don't think that's likely. Um, you know, I don't have any reason, like I don't have any inside information backing this up right now because I haven't heard anything recently about it. But I would think that a trade is probably more likely than a JW and Clowney. And I'm just going off of what they did last year for Robert Quinn. Who's to say mm-hmm. that there's a team out there that isn't looking to potentially maybe move a guy. Um, maybe it's after the draft, maybe, uh, you know, a team ha- gets some players that fall their way. They didn't think would, and they're willing to part with um, a, a player on their team. And, and, and maybe it happens during the draft, you know, I mean, you go a couple years back here, we had uh, that, those crazy, like it was like that last day, uh, and Ryan Switzer got traded for Jihad Ward, and the uh, Cowboys traded for Tavon Austin, and you never know. And especially with the way that this draft is going to be a lot different this year, maybe there is a little bit more 
uh, movement and things like that. Maybe there's less. I don't know. I don't think anybody knows with how odd it's going to be. But, uh, you know, I don't think that they're set at defensive end. I, they still need to get better at that position. And I don't know how well you're going to be able to do that in this draft. And so just to count on a Randy Gregory and Alden Smith seems like a, a bit of a stretch here to do that. Now, it's fine to have those on your on your on your team. Um, but again, like I've said about Randy Gregory before, like you, that, that shouldn't be your part of your cake. That should be, you should be still building your cake. And if, Hey, that's your icing. If you get anything from them, Hey, that's great. But if not, like you still have to focus on building this roster. I don't think either of those players yet are to the level where you can go on counting on them for the 2020 season. One year, $4 million for Alden Smith and zero coinage guaranteed. Um, and again, he hasn't played since 2015 and he wasn't really very good that year. He only played in nine games that year. And then in 2014, he only played in seven games. Um, he's really only put together three productive seasons in the NFL. Uh, your thoughts saw it on the Alden Smith signing, given that there was no money, given that there are enough, you know, sources and reports out that he's kind of, kind of turned his life around. Uh, what were your initial thoughts on the Cowboys bringing in Alden Smith, Saad? Yeah, I think it was one. It, it's a move that you know you make in free agency so that you don't have to reach in the draft. I think it's more securing yourself. Uh, again, like John said, with Randy Gregory and Alden Smith, you're not really depending on those guys. But at the same time, like say you're at number seventeen and you don't like your you don't really like your pass rushing options there, but you like a corner that's on the board. Well, now in the back of your mind, you can at least say that okay, we have the potential of a pass rusher that we did sign so we don't need to reach for this guy that we don't have high on our board and we can actually go get the guy that is on our board that is atop our board and so uh you know I think it's filling out as much as you can uh to make sure that your draft strategy is sound because at the end of the day Alden Smith you know it's like Randy Gregory in a different sense because Gregory hasn't proven anything in the NFL whereas Alden Smith has but Gregory has I guess played a you know a bit more recently than Alden Smith so they're both kind of you know two sides of the same coin in that sense but um, I think both of those guys are options that the Cowboys have to where um, in in the draft they don't have to reach for a pass rusher they don't like. You know, our friend Jay Glazier at The Athletic is reporting that, you know, Alden had gotten jacked up to about 287. Um, the last time he was playing, he was playing around 260 or, you know, maybe 255. So he's put on about 30 pounds. So I don't know if he's that, you know, he's not going to be that 19 and a half sack guy, that speed rusher guy, you know, that he was back in 2012 or, or back when he was you know, new in the league. Um, so he kind of fits the mold of kind of that run-playing defensive end at 287. We'll see how quick he is. We'll see, you know, what it all looks like. But, yeah, I have no – like, to me, if you were to ask me, uh, does he make the team, I would probably say no, just because a guy hasn't played in five years. And I'd probably say the same thing about a lot of guys who haven't played in five years. It's not just him who's got a lot of talent. So I, I don't know. Like, for me, it's – I had the same reaction to them signing, you know, Alden Smith as I would have if they would have brought back Kerry Hyder. You know, same thing. Maybe even <laughs> Kerry Hyder would have liked him more. Maybe he gives you a little flexibility inside. Like, I'm just like to me, it was like, okay. I mean, I get it now. The 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 people I don't understand in times like these are like, there goes Jerry again. 
bringing in a head case. I'm like, well, I don't know if that's the thing. I mean, uh, again, let's reiterate here, zero money guaranteed. Like, they don't owe him anything yet. If he doesn't play, he doesn't get paid. So what do the Cowboys have to lose? Why not sign, Why not scratch off a lottery ticket every now and then? i got no problem with that. Um, the people that they kind of, oh, well, put him in with Randy Gregory. Now you have trouble. And I'm like, well, I don't know if that's the case. Um, so I, I really don't understand the people who have that opinion of it. I'm not sure how many people have that opinion of it. but Well, I mean, not? they do why have not? a reputation, though, as a team of doing that, though, more so yeah, than so- most teams. They absolutely do. You know, I think a lot of people immediately think about Greg Hardy and stuff like that when that happens. You know what I would say about Greg Hardy, too? And I, I, in the end, you understand what he did to that locker room. In the end, you go, probably should have never happened. But it ain't Greg Hardy's fault that team sucked that year. That team sucked because the quarterback got hurt. That's the number one reason why that team was bad that year. So, to me, like, I understand, like, a lot of people are like, well, if they would have brought it, they should have signed Hardy. I'm like, well, he had six sacks for you. He, he kind of did his job, and he did what he does. He kind of went up and tore up the locker room as well. That's part of it, you know. No, the best. I think the I think the best example is they had that game on the other day on ESPN. They were showing that 2014 season, and Rolando McLean is the best person if you want to yes. look for somebody that may maybe it works out a little bit. Obviously, it wasn't for long term, but Rolando McLean was huge on that 2014 team, and I think there was a lot of people going into when they acquired him thinking, talking much like I am right now about Alden Smith, like, well, if you get something, great, but you really can't count on it, and it did work out for him. So there is the one. If you're looking for the one time it worked, there you go. Yeah, and also with Alden Smith, like, you know, KT, you said you don't know if you don't really think that he might make the team. One thing interesting on that part is going to be kind of how we're going into this NFL draft. We don't really have any idea of what the NFL season, I know, I know what the president said and, and, you know, things like that about it starting on time, but we don't really have an idea of what's going to unfold in the fall. What if there is, you know, limited preseason action? What if, what if, uh, it's one of those situations where you don't really get to see Alden Smith, but anything in practice and that's all you have to go on. And then you kind of have to make a gamble. Like, do you like what you're seeing in practice? You don't really get any live action. Maybe if there's no, if there's like only one preseason game or two, I mean, who knows what's going to happen at that point. And so I think how, you know, this whole virus situation plays out could have something to do with how Alden Smith's uh, future with the Cowboys plays out as well. I think it's a good point. I'm glad you went there because uh, the NFL did announce the draft will be done virtually. Um, so they're just doing a lot of video you know, conference calls, and uh, which is interesting to see how the Jones family would react to that. I think it's funny that Jerry's like now getting immersed in this technology, but it's you know what the league is. Every team's having to deal with it. Those are the obstacles in front of everyone. If I was a betting man, and I'm not trying to be a downer, if I was a betting man, I don't personally think football starts on time this year, if it even happens at all. Um, and I know that's a, a big concern. I know what the president said, but I just feel like with so many cases, you start talking about players running into each other, touching each other, their their droplets getting on each other. That becomes a bit of a problem, man. Like, uh, I just it's it's not like this coronavirus is going to like go away completely. Like it's there will be cases that continue to pop up. Um, so like it's all it, to me. It's a little bit far fetched to even think football even happens on time this year. Personally, that's just me. I don't know if you, how you guys feel about that. 
Yeah, I, I don't think it starts on time either. Um, if it happens at all, uh, I think that's a bonus and that's great. But um, but I, I certainly don't think that it starts on time, given that you know we're still on the wrong side of the curve right now. Yeah, I don't see like training camp being out in California. If there is any type of a training camp, I think it's it's at the Star. Um, I, yeah, I could see the season not starting on time. But I will say I do think there will be some type of a season. And the reason I say that yeah. is because the NFL, certainly the way that they've handled free agency and the way they're going about this draft, um, to use a line from Jason Garrett, line one certainly seems to be to find a way to, to have something to take people's minds off the coronavirus and be that source of entertainment. Uh, if any sports league is going to kind of push push it a little bit to try and <laughs> get something going, it certainly seems like the NFL is going to be the league to do that. And so um, yeah. I'm interested to see if anybody's going to try and get it going. I feel like it'll be the NFL. And as a fan, I'm all for it. We need it. You know, I think I think the draft is a good is a good thing to have as a fan. Front office people, scouting types, probably not big fans of how this is going to go down. Not going to be good for guys who went to small schools and didn't get invited to combines. But from a fan perspective, and that's more people involved in this whole thing, it is about the fans here, man. And the fans need this. So, you know, I, I, I think it's interesting what they're doing. I, from a football standpoint, I don't necessarily agree with it, but from an overall kind of every person point of view, I do agree with what they're doing. Um, I do agree with them can, keeping free agency going. It was a nice distraction that week when all that, that was happening. Um, and the draft is going to be a nice distraction, and leading up to the draft is going to be a nice distraction. So I'm, I'm a fan of them, you know, kind of doing work as usual. Uh, even though it does come off a little bit like, is your, your head in the clouds, guys? Can we pay attention to what's going on in the world? But honestly, I, I think it's needed, you know, for, for people to kind of keep their sanity as they kind of stay locked in and people are going through a lot of suffering and losing jobs and things like that. I think it's going to be a, a, a very important thing that the draft happens. Um, while we're on this, and I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, guys, but I was thinking about this in terms of draft inventory because you do have an odd draft. You have five teams with multiple picks in the first round. The Vikings have two. The Jaguars have two. The Dolphins have three picks. The Raiders have two picks. And the 49ers now have two first-round picks. So you got a lot of teams who can do some moving and shaking and trading around. But I started to think about – and this is, this is um, you know, code red situation where – the season doesn't happen in 2020, all right? This is just desperate a desperate measure. If the 2021 draft happened and there were no 2020 season, you would be looking at a ping-pong ball draft in 2021. In that case, if you're a team that thinks you're going to be good, wouldn't you want to keep as many 2021 draft picks and not do any trading of them in this year's draft? Sure, but I will say I don't sense? think that they – Yeah, it does, but – while I, I see where you're coming from, I just don't see the NFL agreeing with you on any of this. I don't think that those teams, and I don't think that Roger Goodell don't think that they're going to have a season. I don't even think they're even looking at that yet. I know what you're, I know what you're yeah. saying. It does make sense because you essentially would have, a, like, if there was no season in 2020, you'd have a 2021 season where you'd really have a huge rookie class because you'd have draft picks from the 2020 class that didn't even play in a, in a full, in a season at all. So you would have this huge deal. I, I, and I get that, but, you know, if it was a different league, I, I'd agree. But just what the NFL is showing me, I, I don't think that anybody's looking at it that way. Because if that was the case, I think that your first step would be to at least move this draft back a little bit 
and and yeah. with it not even moving dates, like it doesn't even move a weekend back or a couple weeks back. I I don't even think that that's on any of these teams' minds going in the draft. There there's going to be some, you know, maybe it's the Patriots because I feel like they're always a step ahead of everybody else. But I would think for the most part, teams aren't thinking like that. Yeah, John kind of went where I where I was going with with the fact that you know the fact that this draft didn't get pushed back at all. I think that's a that says a lot. Uh, if it if it I thought that you know KT, I'm with you as a fan and as a as a media person and everything like that. I I, I like the distraction. I welcome it, and I think it's and I think it's good for everybody. But you know, from a football standpoint. I really thought that they would push it back a little bit and try to buy some time. I I don't think that you know it really would have mattered given how things have uh, played out in the last couple of weeks. Things haven't really gotten a ton better. I don't know you know if they had pushed it back to mid May if it made a big difference. I don't think you'd be having your top thirty meetings um, just because you push it back a couple of weeks, but. Um, going back to your point about next year's draft, I just uh, I, I just don't think that this is something that you know the NFL of all leagues is, is going to you know allow their uh, teams, their owners, their man, the, their management to think that that's even a possibility. Yeah, so the the teams that I kept thinking, I was like, if I'm the Chiefs, if I'm the Chiefs, I'm planning on going to the Super Bowl again, right? All right, I could be picking thirtieth, thirty first, thirty second. I'm sitting there going, man, if that's where I'm going to be picking in twenty twenty one. Like, oh, wait, so I would have the – you wouldn't keep the same draft order. So it would be randomly – I would be like, I'm saving it because the odds of me getting a a top 16 draft pick are now in the mix now. I might have a chance to do that, even if I'm the Cowboys. Why, why wouldn't Cowboys, you keep the same order, though? I just think it, – it, isn't that bad if you draft – to give the Bengals two straight years of number one picks? I think it's way better off if you give the Bengals, the Redskins, the Lions as many first round picks as possible, as opposed to being like, this is crazy, but the Chiefs, <laughs> you're the best team in football, but you get the number one overall pick. That doesn't make a lot of sense. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's if it's random and every team's got a chance, then no one can really complain, right? Isn't it all even? Isn't it all fair game here? Because I, I think I think you start I think by not changing anything you do unfairly balance it towards the bad teams. Yeah, I just feel uh, like the end. You unfairly like the end balance of- it toward, towards the teams that have made trades to get multiple sure. first round picks. I just so feel the like Dolphins the are going to get six first round picks in two years. That seems that seems insane. Yeah, but I feel like the the NFL strives more than any other sports league in trying to get parity. And when I when I say that, obviously parity would. When you just look at it as the definition, you would side with what you just said about how why wouldn't you just make it just a ping pong ball and makes it even for everybody. But parity, we all know that all these teams aren't equal at all with the way they're run and things like that. And frankly, for me, if I was running the NFL right now, I'd be like, yeah, give the Dolphins six first round picks. They'll probably mess it up, but at least it gets some hype around an organization that probably doesn't have a lot of hype right now. Uh, let's try and get that fan base involved. They'll be they'll be psyched that maybe they can they can turn this thing around. I feel like they, like no league does a better job of trying to make even the bad teams good than the NFL does. I, I, I don't I mean, certainly not baseball and the NBA. I mean, how I mean, the Knicks have been bad forever. There's been a lot of teams that are like that, but I feel like the NFL really goes out of their way to try and help out the, the really bad teams. If I'm the Colts, I wouldn't have traded for DeForest Buckner if I would have known I'm giving the 49ers two first-round picks. Basically what it is. Like, maybe maybe, the, maybe you give the Colts their draft pick back, I guess. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, like, no, you yeah, know, they wouldn't have 13. to trade it. Okay. I think trades yeah, – 
yeah, if anything, trades would have to be okay. voided for that for that year where it. I mean, yeah, you get, teams get their picks back because sure, yeah, th- th- they would have been doing those moves not knowing what the future was holding for them in a, in a yeah. situation that nobody could have predicted. So I would think that yeah, they would know if have you traded that would yeah that wouldn't that wouldn't be great. <laughs> it would be real crappy. Uh, it's fun to talk about sports hypotheticals. Now let's talk about a sports pathetical. I might have made that word up, but at the beginning of the podcast. Uh, you heard Rex Ryan in his take on Amari Cooper the other day on ESPN. Basically, he called him a turd, called him one of the disappearing acts in football, and said they wouldn't have spent the money on him. Guys, your immediate reaction. We'll start with you, Saad. I was a little pissed off, to be honest with you. And, you know, I saw a few media members tweet this out as well, that, you know, as as media people, we're not really supposed to have like any kind of biases and stuff. And I, and I really don't. But, you know, we've been we're in the locker room every day throughout the year and things like that. We talk to these guys and Amari Cooper is one of the one of the most cerebral uh, football players that I've ever spoken to. And, and you know, it, it really irritates me that somebody that um, that doesn't know him at all, obviously, Rex Ryan has not coached him or anything. And, and, and KT, let me say this. The, the turd comment was not what really bothered me the most, to be honest with you. It was, it was him saying that Amari doesn't love football and, and things like that, you know, like the character assassination there with, uh, with, with, you know, just assuming those things. And it's annoying because Amari Cooper is a guy that's, that, that, that isn't, really out there and doesn't really uh you know have outbursts on the sideline and stuff and and if he did then he'd be called a diva by the same guy and and, and you know then you just can't win with some of those guys whether you're you know Terrell Owens th- then you're then you're a villain in that way but then you know what about the Andre Johnsons the Julio Jones the Larry Fitzgeralds of the world just because they're not having outbursts doesn't mean they they don't care and T.O. does and so um you know that really irritated me irritated me the fact that he said uh that amari cooper doesn't love football and 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 you know things of that nature but um overall i i think he was way off base and he was way off base in how he was characterizing amari now if he had just stuck to his criticisms and said amari disappeared down the stretch and things like that i mean he's objectively he's not wrong about that so i mean you know it's it's an opinion but then you start assassinating someone's character and that's where you really go over the line yeah, the turd thing is the only thing I had a problem with is because they're just, it's not necessary. It doesn't make any sense. And if you're going to call a guy that, then you better have some examples. Like you better be able to move the argument to having some like, hey, this happened here and there's this example. Like break some news and tell us about why he's a turd. Because as Saad said, everybody that's been around him would never say that about him. And And frankly, there are plenty of guys that, are in professional sports that you could say are turds, but like I even calling out even the guys, like the worst guys you can think of up your top of your head that I'm not even going to mention right now. Like, even if you called them turds, like it just kind of like that just sound, you sound like such a child saying that as a former yeah. NFL coach, like what are you doing? Like that makes no sense why you would do that other than the fact that you were just trying to make a headline. Now that's the part that kind of bothered me there. And then you have the uh, account, the Twitter account for that show, tweeting it out like, hey, guys, look, 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 look over here. I don't know if you noticed <laughs> what. Did you see the word he said? Look at this. Our guy said turd. Like it was like making sure everybody focused in it because, frankly, how many people are really listening to Rex Ryan, like his critique? Like if he doesn't say that word, I don't think anybody or not, I shouldn't say anybody, but most 
people that follow the Cowboys probably never would have heard his critique of him. And as far as the disappearing and things like that, I mean, that's valid. I mean, it's not just like fans that or, or, or people like analysts that feel that way. I mean, yeah. obviously the Raiders felt that way. That's why they traded him. It's a five year question uh, around him. Um, but it's not it's not near as bad as anyone ever thought it was before the Cowboys traded for him. Even all the things that were up in the air. I mean, the reputation that got out that he was a dropper. No, he's had some drops, but he's not a dropper. He had that one year where he led the league in drops, but I wouldn't call him a dropper. No, he just had to carry some things with him. And because Amari Cooper is kind of the type to just kind of stay quiet, we live in a world now where these other narratives can just kind of overtake who you are very quickly. I think there's a couple things at play here. Uh, an analyst who is not a journalist at all. He is just, you know, he he said that like a coach or a scout or a front office guy would talk about a player. Like, I wouldn't draft him. He's a turd. Yeah, that type of thing. That's what, that's what it sounded like to me. Just a guy who's in that football, uh, I guess as the president would say, locker room talk, you know. Um, and then I also think, you know, in this time where there's not a lot of sports going on, ESPN is going to feed it out there, okay? This is three weeks or a month after Amari Cooper signed a five-year, $100 million deal. Like, how does that topic even come up? Why did this topic not come up a month ago? It came up now because people are giving hot takes now to maybe justify their jobs. I mean, we may see some layoffs and some budget cuts in the TV uh, industry as well. You know, so it's not out of this world. So it, it just it jumped out to me as, hey, here's a guy. And, and I think for a lot of their TV products – it's not just ESPN. It's a lot of companies. It's more about being loud than it is being right. Make noise, be a lightning rod, get attention. And that's what he did. And we're talking about it. So I guess what I would say is, to me, when you think about Rex Ryan, he's always going to have to carry that thing around with him. Like whatever, like whatever anyone thinks about, and I'm not trying to go dark here. So Ken, if you want to edit out any of this, you can. I'm not trying to go dark here. But when people think of Bill Cosby now, they're going to think about that thing. They're not going to think about his funny stand-up comedy. They're going to think about that thing he carries around with him. Well, the thing Rex Ryan carries around with him is a foot fetish. And like that's the number one thing people are going to think about with him. It's not going to be going to get snacks. It's not going to be his Amari Cooper opinion. It's going to be the foot thing. And that's what he has to deal with. So that's what... So whenever it gets you know worked up over that comment, I just I think we just need to go back and say, this is where this man's credibility really lies. Well, KT Amari did have foot injury, so maybe okay. he's he's a little biased <laughs> towards the feet there. I still like the snacks thing. I'm serious. Like that's the one I think of. I'm sorry. Let's go get a GD snack. That was I, pretty I think, good. Actually. I think with the with the with the feet thing, I think it goes a little bit too. Um, <laughs> you know what? Maybe it wasn't a foot, but. Did he get mad at Julio Jones and Des Bryant, too, for their Liz Frank injuries? I mean, like, is he mad at all these guys who have bad feet because he's a foot guy? Right. <laughs> Wait, but before before we before we move on, do you guys remember the uh, Wes Welker press conference uh, before the playoff game? I do. Against the Jets? Yes. Oh, my God. That, that was, was just an all-time classic. Well, no, the other one, too, the other one, too, is, though, that, you know, Rex has, like, I'm pretty sure it's, like, a tattoo of his wife on his arm wearing like a mark sanchez jersey yeah he does <laughs> or he has a mark sanchez tattoo <laughs> of some sort that's definitely out character. there see he, yeah this is not this is a guy just trying to rebrand himself didn't he have a, a frame picture of his wife's feet on his desk or something <laughs> wasn't so. that didn't wasn't there a so. photo taken of him or like he was just during hard knocks and like you zoom in and it's like 
literally his wife's feet like framed on his on his you desk in his office at at the Jets facility uh, back in the day. <laughs> I don't condone him calling Amari Cooper a turd, but I kind of respect <laughs> the guy for trying to rebrand himself. Because yeah. he's, he's got to be more well-known for all these things we're talking about than that. That's a good ever. point you made earlier, KT, of the guy signed his deal three weeks ago. Why are they just – like, why are they burning 15 minutes on, on ESPN on that? That's not news. Not, <laughs> I feel know? for everyone in the sports industry, sports radio, sports TV, side, you and John are dealing with this a little bit, you know. Obviously, the Cowboys kind of keep, keep you guys busy, but – uh, like I feel for a lot of people who have to cover sports when there are no sports. Uh, and I, I'll say this and just open, pull back the curtains as a guy who was in sports talk radio and am now just in, in regular talk radio. The, the one thing that I didn't like about sports radio was the feeling of why are we doing this? I like to have a reason for what we're doing. I like to have a kicker for what we're doing. And like, I've listened around to like talk radio in the market some, and it's like, there's a lot of reviewing of old games from 07 and, well, that stuff's fun to do a little bit, but like at some point it's like, why are we doing it? And it's like, we're doing it because there's nothing else. So I think that's what happened. I think there's nothing else. Let's get the Cowboys lightning rod topic. Oh, let's see if we can fire up Rex Ryan. Hey, Rex, hop out of bed today, buddy. We're going to get you up at your home screen. And, uh, we're gonna get, give a hot take. Here you go. Who you mad at? You mad at Dak? You, know, you got an issue with. With um, uh, Amari Cooper? Zeke? Who, who you got? Oh, well, Amari Cooper? Good. All right, just go on that for about five minutes, and you fill your show up. Like I understand, I just it's just uh, it sucks, man, that we're in this yeah. time where we can't have sports all the time. And then the I certainly could see them. I could certainly see them talking about topics and being like, "Well, Absolutely. which ones do you feel the strongest about?" Yeah, and, and maybe also that's what, one of them that popped up. Well, they, he had to yeah. take it back though later in the day. You know, it wasn't even <laughs> like he stood by his opinion. It was like an hour later he was back on there, like taking it back. Because no, 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 he stood by his opinion. He just took back. He said he said that he shouldn't have said the turd comment, and he okay. wouldn't even say turd. He wouldn't repeat it. He just mm. said. The comment I made or whatever, but he he did reiterate after he said that that you know he about him being an inconsistent player and somebody that disappears. He did he did go back on uh, and and say that you know he still feels that way. He just he felt like he took it too yeah, far by I, saying the turd thing, which obviously he did. I respected his retort. I, I thought he did a good job. Like I thought he did a good job of like because it had been easy to, to to just crater and but like he basically said, oh, "This is how I feel about Amari Cooper," but I should not have done. Like I respected what he did there. Yeah, I also think Amari Cooper, uh, you know, when I realized Amari Cooper was kind of, you know, this kind of a receiver as far as the kind of guy that, you know, is is kind of polarizing among people that watch him is the Jets game. Because remember, he he got hurt on like the first play or something like that. And then he's he's just standing on the sideline. And then uh, and I had so many of my buddies that are Cowboys fans that are just like, dude, he just doesn't care about football. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, like I, I like, you know, I, I guess as someone who had kind of talked to him regularly, I didn't really see that. But then, you know, people that are watching him on television and stuff, that's kind of how I guess the vibe that Amari Cooper gives off sometimes a little bit. But um, but, you know, that's just from a casual casual viewer, I guess. And then also I want to get into um, a little bit of Dak and Dez working out, not doing a great job of social distancing, by the way. But Dak and Dez working out. Dak um, allegedly had made the comment, or it was reported, I, I saw this from uh, the guys over at The Fan, uh, Broadus and Kavanaugh, uh, tweeting about this, that Dak had said that Dez looks good enough to be on a team. Is there anything that we should be making out of Dez and Dak working out, or is this just guys killing time during a quarantine? 
I think it's guys just that are living in the same area that are are just working out and and obviously it helped Des that you know if he's catching a football from somebody that people know you know which he did with Dak yeah. and he's done you know about a month ago or whatever with Patrick Mahomes so I mean that's obviously good for his brand and and it carries more weight that gets more retweets that gets more publicity that that's going to get shown on on ESPN right now when there's nothing else going on um, so I, I mean. You know, obviously, he's, it appears that he's doing the right thing, and and he's trying to get back into football shape. I, I personally can continue to say I don't think that that will be with the Dallas Cowboys, and it also kind of goes back to one of your earlier points, KT, about just like kind of <laughs> what are we doing here? You're just kind of looking for anything to talk about, like not just those videos, but like a lot of the player workout videos, and not just the NFL, but just in general, that you see on social media. Over the last month or two, really off season, you know, I'll go beyond this off season in general. How many times you watch those videos and you go, whoa, what was that? That was yeah. wild. Like, it's usually like, yeah, OK, cool. I mean, that's your professional football player. Break. Like, you can run around cool. and catch football. Like, that's I'm, I thought, yeah, that's why you get paid millions of dollars. Like, I don't know. I've noticed that in the comments, too. People are like, yeah, OK. Uh, yeah, you ran around. Okay. All right. Look at him go, and I'm like, who are we comparing him to? Can we? Oh, that's because we're just looking for anything right now. To another we're just, guy, <laughs> we're just looking for anything right now. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Like they, it could just been. They didn't have to run a route. They just been. It could literally been Dak, Zeke, and Dez in a triangle, just throwing the football to each other, and people will be like, "Whoa, dude! They have a football." And they're throwing it. And they all played for the Cowboys at one time. Two of them still do. One guy wants to come back. Look at this. Look what we got here. I don't know what we have here. You know, like, I, I don't know what that means for Mike McCarthy and his coaching staff if they want that, you know. So, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, it, it kind of takes me back to uh, to even just earlier this offseason. Remember, um, I, th- there was that college basketball game. I'm blanking on which one it was. And uh, Tom Brady and Julian Edelman were at the game together. And Mike Vrabel, like, they were, he was, like, FaceTiming Mike Vrabel. And it was like, oh, my God, so he's with Julian Edelman. Is he going to go back to New England? Oh, my God, he's FaceTiming Mike Vrabel. Is he going to be a Tennessee Titan? And, like, you know, at the end of the day, all of it was just kind of a moot point. Like, none of it really mattered. But I remember watching that basketball game and uh, they were showing Brady on this on on the television more than they were showing the actual actual basketball game and so you know it, it's like you said I think it just gets to a point where we're just where you know in the NFL offseason the sport rules all and so you know they they try to uh, we try to just kind of you know make it relevant somehow but sometimes it's just it's just two guys throwing a football around sometimes it's just a couple of guys going to a college basketball game and watching some college basketball and it's not really anything more than that and so you know I, I think sometimes we, we just kind of make it out to be something because we're just bored and that's just the bottom line of that. And the other thing I would say here is if Jason Witten wasn't back, and I think we get the vibe that McCarthy probably didn't want him back. Um, I at least that's the vibe. I think we we're all kind of hypothesizing if they didn't want Jason Witten back, they don't want Des back. So you know, there's a big difference in bringing in Alden Smith and then bringing in Des. You kind of know what you got with Des. They know what Des De- is. They know what Des can do. You know, I they think don't want Des, Des back. I think Des would have made a lot of sense. A couple years ago, if he had, let's say, been on a different team, let's say he had played his whole career with the Saints and he had the same injuries or whatever, but it was a couple years set back and it was going into that year where the Cowboys were kind of convinced that they could go with a receiver by committee with like Alan Hearns and uh, Deontay Thompson and some of those guys. I think that would make a lot of sense. But after you, 
I mean, you clearly like what you have in Michael Gallup and where he's at, and you want to see him continue to grow. And then you have a guy in Amari Cooper that, that you're going to give $100 million to. So it just doesn't make a ton of sense at that position right now for the Dallas Cowboys. Now, after the draft, um, you know, I could see for other teams potentially being interested in a veteran wide receiver that obviously plays with a lot of passion. And maybe that's the missing piece on, on, a, on a, a contending team or whatever. But just with the way this current Cowboys roster is structured, it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And what's Dez like? He's not going to play special teams for you. And what's he like when he plays 10 snaps a game? What's the sideline like? What is everything like? I, I don't know. I'm not I, – I just don't know. I, I wish I knew more um, about, you know, how he well, would be. Well, your need is that think he would be a little more. Yeah, not, they don't need to do that. <laughs> I mean, look, I love Dez. If he wanted to come be the wide receiver five or whatever and take the spot of, you know – I mean, even Cedric Wilson has a, a little of a usage maybe on this team somewhere. So I, I really don't know. Like, is he, does he come play the Noah Brown role? Like, I what's think, the I plan? Don't, I don't think he can, seriously. Being around him for all but one year of his career, I don't see Des Bryant to be able to do that. Like, I, he, I can see him saying that he could do that, and I could see him, uh, you know, doing the right things to make you think that. But he's just so competitive that once he got out on the field, like he's going to be on the sidelines. It's going to be like the first third down and he's not going to be out there for that play. And he's going to be going nuts because he wants to go out there because he thinks he can make the play that is going to get them the first down. And so I don't know. And I feel the same way with Witten to a certain extent. Same. I'm glad you brought that yeah. up, you know, because I just don't know how he's going to, you know, take a step back to Darren Waller. Like, I don't know. And, and I don't know how he was going to do that here either, just because this is the organization that I mean, there's a huge picture of him with his helmet off running down the field in Philadelphia right above the locker room. Like, I don't know how that guy is just the guy that gets 15 snaps a game. Like, you know, and again, and you brought up a great point too, KT with the special teams. I mean, how bad this team was at special teams. They need those, the their other receivers to be really young guys that can contribute in more than just one area. Speed guys too, you know, and he's just not that. Yeah. KT, I was going to say they, I anticipate them drafting a receiver in the top three rounds this year too. And so you got to think too. that guy is going to be a significant contributor to your football team this year. Somebody that you want to invest in. So, well, next time, uh, guys, let's talk about. Um, let's get. We've got a little bit of info on like who might have been on their thirty visit list, who they video conferenced with, and a couple of the names that they had a formal meeting with in Indianapolis. I'd love to talk about that next time uh, because I think that can kind of give us a little bit of tips on who they're drafting and combine that with Dane's bomb on prospects to pros last week that, you know, chase on from LSU and CJ Henderson from Florida are some big names on their board uh, are very high up on their board that are realistic at 17. So maybe next time on the next episode of about them Cowboys, we can uh, dive in and try to do a little of investigative work and see if we can find out who they might have their eyes on, because I've definitely heard a few things. I'm sure you guys have heard a few things and maybe we can kind of, put the puzzle pieces together a little bit as well. You guys want to do that? Sounds yeah. great. Yeah. All right. Anything else we need to hit? Any, any house cleaning? Anything else we need to do here, Kent? Support local businesses. Definitely need All to be right, doing yeah. that during this time. Get some takeout, get some delivery, support uh, the non-chain type restaurants that you like to go to. And, uh, you know, be smart during this time. Let about them cowboys keep you entertained. And if anything else breaks between now and, and next week, We'll definitely be on the air to talk about it. But yeah, check out The Beast. 
Check out Prospects to Pros. KT will probably be on there again before the draft comes around, hopefully. And yeah, man, it's it's good times on The Athletic. It's a good time to be a subscriber right now. We've got a lot of fun, great content coming out. And um, and yeah, next week, I, I think we'll, we'll be doing that. But we've also got another mock draft coming on the air, too, that will be doing another live mock for the podcast yeah. as well. So get excited for that. For Saad Youssef, for Father John Mashoda, for our producer, Kent Garrison, who needs to go watch Better Call Saul and Dave on FX. I'm Kevin KT Turner for another episode of About Them Cowboys. 